I always say I have the best job in the world. I get to help women unlock their limitless potential so they can have it all. If your mind is saying you can't have it all, that's fear running the show. I'm here to tell you, the only thing between you and holistic success is you. The doors to Limitless Warrior are officially open. Join Limitless Warrior. It's time to dig deep and shine bright. It's time to permanently break up with fear. If you want all the holistic success you've been dreaming of, join us. It's a 12-week program, once a week, on a Zoom for 90 minutes. Get off that hamster wheel and be the limitless woman you know you are inside. The link to save your spot is limitless-warrior.com. Join us. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. Years ago, I wrote an article called Valentine's Day is Not for Kids that went viral. I made the point that we need to put our spouses before our kids. I got some moms amped up after that article, and it's still controversial today. My guest today not only chose to put her husband first over her four kids, but he did the same, and they have had a long, happy, successful marriage. We are also discussing being in the sandwich generation, taking care of our kids and our aging parents. There's a lot of good advice on that, as well as parenting in this podcast, I know you're going to love it. I want to congratulate you for taking time for yourself and listening to this podcast today. It's important to give ourselves what feeds us. And if you haven't taken a deep breath today, let's do it now. (sighs) Feels so good. Okay, we're going to get started. But first, ladies, money is not a dirty word. It's a great word. And I'm thrilled to tell you that the Broad Network is launching the Wealthy Women Summit, or WeWo. The WeWo Summit is not your typical conference with lanyards and cold coffee. Hosted by the Broad Network on August 25th and 26th, 2022, on the Sir Winston Yacht in Long Beach. The Wealthy Women Summit is for anyone looking to expand their wealth in mind, body, health, leadership, business, and community. Join us for two impactful days where we'll dive into the concept that wealthy living is a mindset and commitment to a value of your own self-worth. You can learn more and get tickets at wewosummit.com. That's W-E-W-O summit.com. Let's talk about money and let's be wealthy women together. All right, everyone, today on the show, Shireen Yadigar, the creator of LA Moms Magazine. LA Mom Magazine, which empowers moms to feel self-confident about the decisions they make for their families. She's also the host of the popular talk show, Moms Matter, which educates and empowers moms. She's passionate about repairing the world. She 
takes pride in raising her four daughters by paying it forward as a family. And she is a warrior woman. That is right. Shireen Yagadar, welcome to the show. So excited to be here, Liz. I feel honored. Thank you for having me here today. Well, this is a long time coming, man. We have like literally during the pandemic, we're like this week, how about this other week? I don't know what happened to us, but we are finally doing this and I'm so thrilled that you're here. So yay us. Yay. Thank you. Okay. I'm ready to go there with you. Can't even wait. Tell me about your life growing up. How did your childhood lead to the woman you are today? Wow. My childhood. I had a beautiful childhood, a blessed childhood. I really did. You know, my parents were forced out of, we immigrated here from Iran, right? They were forced out of their country. And so my mom literally packed up her bags with my older brother and myself, left Iran. Luckily she knew the language because she went to boarding school in England, but came here while my dad was trying to kind of get our things together. And that's a whole nother story, what happened to him. But thankfully we all reunited and came to the States, but watching my mom always, she was always such a strong woman. And we had to start from scratch, right? We had nothing. My parents came here with nothing and rebuilt their lives. So I grew up with two working parents and my mom was just a beacon of hope and strength. She's just an incredible human being and nothing would let them down. Like, you know what they went through. And she told me one day there wasn't money for milk. So she literally put water in our cereal and she worked and worked until she built this incredible life for us. And it was always so important that we were educated. So she, you know, I just watched her and I watched the way that she did things and it really empowered me. I mean, she gave us, made sure we had a Jewish education when we were younger. She went and worked in the school in order to allow us to have that education. She pushed my brother to become a doctor. She pushed me to get my master's in journalism. I mean, both of my parents, but really watching my mom as my role model was really incredible and just gave me that strength to say, you know what? I can do anything. There's nothing that can hold me down. And I really had a beautiful, beautiful childhood, a loving father who would drive me to school every morning, an older brother who just to this day is my best friend, gave me so much love. So I really was very lucky in my life that my parents as immigrants worked really hard to create a a very comfortable lifestyle for us. They pushed us to say, hey, look, nothing comes easy. You've got to work for it. You got to work for it. We're not going to be lazy. You know, you had to come home with straight A's. There was no way that you were coming home with be on that report card. I mean, there were certain standards that we had to uphold, but there was so much love and nurturing in my life that I really, that's why I'm able to do everything I can today. It's, it's because of my childhood it really is. I love, I love that you had such a beautiful, well, first of all, an example of like a strong woman who is not letting all the things that happened to her define her. You know, she's, it's defining her in some, in the good ways, I guess, versus the bad ways, right? She didn't let it bog her down. She was like, no, I'm going to keep going and we're going to have a beautiful life. So what an amazing example for you. Tell me what made you start LA mom magazine and moms matter? Oh my gosh. So I am a journalist by training. I got married very young. I was 23 years old when I got married and I was 26 when I gave birth to my first daughter. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a couple months off and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure she's all good and I'm going to get back to work. And that couple months turned into several years and I had baby after baby. And when I had my third child, I was like, hold on a minute. I've got to do something for me and I've got to do something that's going to serve moms. And I was very frustrated. I'm sure Liz, you can understand this when there was nothing out there. I mean, like you're raising kids and you go to like try and find mommy groups, but there was nothing online. I mean, if you wanted to go to one place to get all the information you wanted, there was nothing out there that was reliable and trustworthy. And so I took it upon myself to create a space that I thought would really be meaningful, would help parents raise their kids in a really healthy, meaningful, you know, intentional way. And that's how it came to be. And, and 
it's been 11 years now. Yeah. With the birth of my third child was the birth of LA mom magazine. It's been a journey. It's been incredible. Moms matter. The talk show came to be, we always say it's the people you meet in your life. We always talk about community and how important it is. And I met this incredible man. His name is Andy Waldman. And he came to me one day and he said, you know what? I'm doing all these talk shows and you have got to come in. I want to hear your voice. And he really gave me the space and gave me the opportunity to create this platform. And so really it was all because of him. And I really thank you, Andy, for the opportunity. Thank you, Andy. I mean, that's so amazing. And I love to, you're right. Like, I feel like when we were pregnant, it was like you had baby center and all these different things. Right. But then you have the baby and then you're like, what am I doing now? Like, and it was like, you'd ask your friends, they're like, don't ask me. So we didn't, we didn't really, or we'd be like trying to take a poll. Like, okay, did you have, what about you? Did you have this? Like, it was so confusing. So it is great that you created a space where we could go and know that you were were a trusted source, frankly, when when we were just like drowning in motherhood. I mean, it's true. You just, I was like, this is crazy to me. It was, I think there was something called like peach head. We'd go online and like Facebook groups, right? And you try and find the answers to things. And I thought, well, it's great that you're hearing this from other moms, but I want to hear from a pediatrician. Like if I'm going to buy X, Y, and Z for my kids, I want it to be trusted. And so I thought, oh my God, let me create a space where you can get A to Z, anything from should you breastfeed? How long should you breastfeed? To which car seat should you buy and install in your car? I mean, and it's been great because I've heard from so many moms who have thanked me for creating a platform where people feel safe, where they can come to, where they get great information and can ask questions. And I'm just so happy that, that it created a service for our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk about your four kids because Shereen, that means you've gone beyond man-on-man defense and you are now doing zone defense. And I don't do that. I only have two kids. So I want to know, because you we had a great conversation. We did an Instagram live together. We were like on, we were just talking. We had a great conversation. And I can tell that you do personal growth. One person who does personal growth as a coach, I definitely recognize that you have done some work. So how do you find the time with four kids to have time for yourself and have personal growth? Because I think we, as women, especially if you have, even, I don't care if you have one kid, we make a bunch of excuses of why we have to put those kids first and we do all the things and we really don't leave any time for ourselves. So I want, I really want to know for the listeners, how are you doing that? Oh my gosh. Well, that's such a great question. I didn't do that with my first two. I didn't. I had two babies. They're two years apart. And I was like a chicken with my head cut off. And I could tell that my like marriage was taking a hit and I wasn't healthy. I was getting migraines. I didn't feel good. It was like, everything was about these kids because I felt like, okay, if I'm not working a job, like I was, I need to put all my energy, right. Every type a woman does, I'm going to put it all into my kids. Right. So, so I have to prove that these are going to be the perfect kids and there's no time for me. I mean, literally I, I was depleting in every way. I, I was seeing doctors because I was getting sick all the time. It was awful. And then there was a lull between my second and my third child. There was four years. We didn't think we were going to have any more kids. I was shocked when I found out I was pregnant again. But that time was my time to say, hold on a minute. What about me? What am I doing in my life? Like you work so hard to create this life and you hope you marry your soulmate and someone you love and you have these children so they can be an extension of you, right? But you're not there just to serve them and then forget about yourself. And I just, I think I had like an epiphany. And I went into a place where I'm like, no, I need to do what serves me. I need to take care of me first. And if I take care of me first, everyone else is going to be okay. And honestly, it's, we hear that all the time, right, Liz? I mean, this is what you do for a living. You do this all the time. You're constantly helping women figure that out. 
But I think sometimes you have to hit a wall, right? Before things get better. At least for me, that's what it was. I mean, things were awful until they got better. And I started to wake up in a more mindful way. I didn't rush to my phone to check my emails. I, I took a moment. I took five minutes of meditation for myself before I went to get the kids ready or to make their breakfast for their lunches. I needed to just breathe. And I swear to you, we talked about this. You said this on my show. Breathe. Breathing is everything. Breathing on purpose. I mean, I know we're breathing. We, we all know, we're breathing, but breathing on purpose. Yes. Intentional breathing. I swear it's changed my life. I hear myself saying it to the kids all the time. And your four, seven breath. I do it all the time, Liz. I four, really, seven, eight breathing. Yes. It's amazing. It makes all the difference. And it sounds so silly and so simple, but for all the women who are listening to this, I swear to you, if you just stop and breathe and start your moment, like start your morning and just breathe, take five minutes, five minutes is nothing changes your whole day. hundred percent. And I, I will say this, I have clients who obviously who are going through all sorts of things and life is chaotic. I mean, there's things that are always happening, right? We don't have all the control over like, like we can't stop the war in the Ukraine just by sitting over here and breathing. Right. So there's things yeah. that are always going to happen. Right. But you get yourself in these situations and you can really get worked up. You know, I had a client who went home and her teen son was like, I'm going to commit suicide and something happened at school. And he was like acting crazy. And I'm on the phone with her. And I said, where are you now? She said, I just pulled up to the house. I said, she's like, I have to run inside. I said, no, you don't. Don't run inside. You cannot run inside like this. You need to sit in this car. And I want you to, for at least three minutes to take the dig, the biggest deep breaths you can possibly take. And when she went inside and he was all spun out and crazy, she was able, just because she regulated her system to regulate him, she was so calm. She was like, okay, so how many pills did you take? Okay. And she's a nurse, thank God. So she was like, okay, well, that's okay. And he came down. He came right. down to her level. If right. she had gone in there, right, like a crazy person dealing with another crazy person, that could have gone a whole different way. That's right. And through that, he's learning. Something else happened that spun him out. And he freaked out for a minute. And all of a sudden he was like, wait a minute, I'm just going to call the teacher. I think I'm going to email the teacher. Like he started backing himself up and realizing, oh, wait, I can regulate myself. Right. So it's, it, you're giving the kids the greatest gift in the world. If you show them that you can regulate yourself and that you breathe and teaching them to do the same. I mean, I really learned in my adult life by having my first two children, how to self-regulate myself. I didn't know how to do that until I had those kids. And for the sake of their well-being, I learned to self-regulate myself in order to be a better mentor to them, right? And to give them good energy, whatever energy they have, you can completely combat it and flip it, right? Because you're the adult in the room. So we just, your story you just told, we need to go in, we need to be the calm, nurturing, centered person. Otherwise we throw our whole family off. If everything is really because of us, we're, we're the women in the house, we run the show our energy, our mood, everything we have is what we're going to feed them. And I learned after I had them that, you know what, I'm being such a bad example for them. If I don't take care of myself, they're not going to take care of themselves, right? hundred percent. And just to your point, if they are coming in hot, I know this happens, right? Like just these tweens and teens, they come in hot. Like they just come in crazy. You cannot match that energy no. or worse. You can't anticipate that energy. We all have maybe one kid who likes to come in and blow the thing up, right? Like just light everybody's candle and just see what happens. And if you don't anticipate that, if you don't say, oh my God, here comes this one. He always just lights this up. 
if you can stop yourself from anticipating that and get to a point where you're just like, no, I love this. This guy is, so he, I'm curious about him. He's amazing. Like, it's funny. They meet you with that energy and then they, it doesn't work. What they're doing doesn't work anymore. It's amazing. You're, you're absolutely right. It just diffuses it all. And then we're teaching them these great lessons on how to cope, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, I wrote an article for Medium a couple of years ago called Valentine's Day is not because I thought it was bullshit, Shereen. Like, I, honestly, here we are going crazy. And you have four kids, so you know. We're making sure they got a pink T-shirt on with a red heart. And then we got to get their cupcakes and get their Valentine's Day. <laughs> and then you're like, what are you doing with your husband for Valentine's Day? Nothing. Nothing. I'm not doing anything with him. Right. Hello? Yeah. Valentine's Day is not for kids. It's supposed to be <laughs> a part for your lover, your person, you're right, that you're in love with. And so I really thought about that. And I've taken that into like, you know, putting my husband in a position that is higher than the kids, because I think that's really what is required. And you are of the same notion. So tell me, because a lot of people are not doing this. A lot of the people put their kids first and then their husband. And I listen, no judgment zone, but I do think that that is not really healthy for your relationship. So let's talk about, since you do believe in that, like I do, how does that look like every day? I'm very lucky to be married to an amazing man who knows how to communicate. And very early on, he was very clear, honey, I need to be first. I'm going to put you first and I need to be first or this isn't going to work. And I tell you, it's really a blessing when you're married to someone who can communicate well, because then you're like, okay, I can do that. You know, we all get stuck in that whirlwind. I was that mom who was like, it's all about the kids, right? Kids have to be, the, the husband will be fine. But then your marriage is over and you're like, wait a minute, I married you and these kids are supposed to be an extension of us. And what am I doing, you know? And so I'm very lucky that he can communicate it. And yes, sometimes I still get lost in it. But Valentine's Day, like you said, yes, it's about us. And our anniversary is about us. And birthdays that we share are about us. And we try and really make it clear to them too. And I have four daughters. So I want them to know that they should put their partner first, right? And that the kids are a big part of the family and what make us a family. But if you don't put your partner first, nothing else is going to function well, right? I mean, and I tell you, still to this day, my dad taught me when I got married, he said, when your husband walks through the door, don't just sit down. If you're home, open the door for him, go to him, greet him, hug him, kiss him. It's not old fashioned to do that. It's the right thing to do. Make them feel loved when they walk through a door, right? Because we're so busy with our lives that we could literally live in the same house and not even have a moment to communicate. So true. And, and because I think of COVID and we just were in our houses all the time, we got really used to just being like kind of brushing things off. Right. And, or not having good boundaries with work where we're just working all the time, working with lunch at our desk, like not taking a moment to greet the person, acknowledge them, give them a hug, give them a kiss. So it's really true. It's easy to slip into kind of like a routine and not and I remember this or like a long, an Oprah episode, like a hundred years ago, she was talking about, you know, let your kids see your eyes light up when they walk in the room. And you know what? Doesn't your husband need that? Doesn't yes. our, our husbands need to, our partners need to feel like we light up when they, that we're greeting them with. Like, so it's kind of true. I mean, shit, that's what I want. I want my husband to be like, she's home. Awesome. You Absolutely. Know, I don't want him to be like, Oh, whatever. Here she is. I mean, like who wants that? So what you is that? Have to, like you're saying, embody that. 
You know, we're so worried about making sure our kids are in the best after school activities and the best schools and the X, Y, and Z, but really relationships are the most important part of our lives. And if we're not modeling a good relationship with our partner, what are our kids going to do when they grow up, right? And if they're seeing a healthy relationship at home, they're going to have a healthy relationship. And I always tell my girls this, go get your higher education, do whatever you want to do in your life. The most important decision of your life is who you choose to share it with. It really is the most important decision of your life. And so nurture that and be intentional and love it and cuddle it and, and give it water or it's going to die. It really is. So yes, my husband and I intentionally put each other first. We make it a point to tell the kids. We don't hide it for them. We tell them our relationship comes first. We take trips together. We leave our kids. We do date nights. We're just, it's important. And I still get dressed up and want to look sexy for him. I don't want him to be looking at another woman. I want him to look at me. I want his eyes to light up when he looks at me. I want to have that passion. I tell him all the time. I said, honey, I hope to God that when we die, we're a hundred years old and we're holding hands and we both just fall into a deep sleep because I can't imagine this life without you. And I tell my girls that every day, but it doesn't happen when you snap your finger. It happens because you have to feed that relationship, right? Yeah. It's intentional. Otherwise it's gone. It's gone. So we really intentionally do make a point to put ourselves first. And I give a lot of the credit to my husband because he's always like staycation time every other month, one night, we got to go. It's a we great, yes. Yes. And by the way, you know, my favorite place to do that, to go on a little like weekender out here in LA is El Encanto. Oh my, I love it there. Oh my God. It's like heaven over there. Like, I just can't even take it. The pool and the way the view and being up that high, it looks like, like Italy or so. I love Ellen Cotton. You definitely don't feel like you're here in the United States. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. It's a beautiful getaway. We did that for our anniversary two years ago and we did a little picnic with wine. It was, it was magical. I love that place. So we are living in the sandwich generation, which means that we're caring for our parents and we're caring for our kids. How do we navigate this? I know you've talked about this on your platform. You've had people talking about it, but I want to talk to see what you think about, because this is something that like, it's kind of new for us. Like, we're like, oh my God, like, how do you do this at the same time? Like, and sometimes these decisions are really, really tough. So tell me me about that. You know what, Liz, I think if we're lucky enough to have had really wonderful parents who are still alive, then we owe it to them to be present. And if we live in the same city as them, it feels like such a blessing and a burden maybe at the same time, right? I mean, that's just the truth. But I think that if we really just stop and live in gratitude for the moment and realize that these are the people who were patient with us, when we were taking our first steps, they were patient. When we were trying to say our first words, they waited. And now that they're a lot slower and they're taking their, it seems like their first steps, we need to be patient with them. And they sometimes forget what's going on and not snap at them and to be there the way they were there for us. I mean, these are the people that raised us. And so we owe it to them. And sometimes it can feel like a lot, I know, but I think it's our duty. And I think that we're setting a great example for our kids when they see that we're attentive to our parents. It shows love and tradition and family it goes back to relationships. I mean, it, this is what it's all about at the end of the day. Now, I think that a lot of my friends that I've been talking to are dealing with the burden of finances. Yes. And so that's a whole nother ball game. 
You know, I'm not dealing with any of that, but I know that they're dealing with a lot and doing things that they never had to do before. And it's tough because you're taking care of your own family financially, and now you need to take care of your parents. And I think that's a huge challenge. But again, they did it for us and we need to step up the plate. Like I really, I think it's a non-negotiable, you know, your parents did everything for you. So now it's your time to step up and do whatever they need. But I think through the process for me and my dad has had a very tough time the past few years. And luckily my mom and dad live together and my mom takes great care of my dad, but it's hard. It's hard as his little girl, right? Because he's the man, he's supposed to be strong. And now you see that he's deteriorating and you got to hold back your tears when you're sitting there with him and just hold his hand and just be there for him. Just like he was there for you. All those times you cried because you had a breakup and all those times that school wasn't going well and he held you in his arms. I think it's our turn now to, to hold them and to love them and to really be present for them. That's, that's our rule. Yeah. And I think my, my mom went through a little bit of that with my stepfather where she was sort of the caretaker. And I just was making the point of really, you know, I would show up and like take her out of the house. I would, you know, because that's the other thing too, you know, just because somebody, one of, one of the partners is kind of deteriorating, it's really hard on the other one, you, you know, just because of course you're going to take care of your husband. Like what else? Of course you are, sure. you know, but also you need breaks and you need yes. to know that you have, you know, if, especially because my mom was considerably younger than my stepfather and she needed to still feel like she was vital, you know, and yes. he was, he was really kind of becoming more sedentary. It was really, really hard for her. So I made sure you know, that I was like planning things with her. At one point I even, I made her go to France with us because I was like, listen, because at that point he had a caretaker and he would sleep a lot and all the things. And I was like, girl, let's go. You're going to, we're going to Paris. Like I just, she needed that break. And she has lived off of that Paris trip in her mind. Like that has been like, she literally, you know how that is. Like when you go to a beautiful place and you have a great experience it kind of feeds your soul that you can get back in the game and be the caretaker, but you need those things so you can feed your soul so you can do all the things. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, there's caretaker fatigue syndrome. I mean, it's a real thing. And I think what you did was the biggest blessing for your mom. I wish my mom would come with us. We try, we try. And she just has to let go of that guilt. She needs to see you Liz and learn how to let go of the guilt so that she can honestly like move on, go out with your friends, go for a walk. Feel the sun on your back, you know? Well, see, that gets that that's back to what we talked about before, right? So this whole mindset shift of you can't, you have to put your kids first and you just can't do anything for yourself and you can't even kiss your husband when he walks in the door because you're too busy, you gotta make your sandwiches or whatever the hell you gotta do. Like that is the same shift we need to make as caretakers, right? Is that if you don't, you're pouring from an empty cup, you're gonna be useless. You're gonna be fr- frustrated with the person. You're gonna yeah. be annoyed if you can't. Go on, go for a walk, put your face in the sun, eat lunch outside, just have a minute to yourself. You're going to go crazy, you know, and you won't be doing it in the spirit that you want to do it in, which is like this giving beautiful spirit versus you'll just be in resentment, right? Because you'll just feel so depleted that you won't be able to give anything. 100%. That's why it's so important. I always say this, you've got to do one thing for yourself every single day that makes you happy. And it can just be sitting and having your coffee outside, taking a deep breath, but you've got to do one thing a day. Tell my mom every day, mom, you've got to do one thing for yourself every day, please, please. But she's not there yet. And I think like, again, you got to hit a wall. Like, like I was saying earlier, I hit a wall and then all of a sudden my whole life changed. I think that sometimes, unfortunately, that has to happen in order for you to step up and really change things in your life. Absolutely. Tell me what is one thing that you do a day for yourself to make you happy? 
Oh my gosh. Or give me a couple things. Cause I know you probably got a couple things you really like. Uh, you know, I, I have to work out every single day. I need a sweat. I need a sweat. I need a sweat. It's very important for me to do that. So I make sure that no matter what happens, I don't really care. Like, don't talk to me. I got to get my workout in because if I don't, I'm moody and bitchy and I'm not nice. Am I allowed to say that word on the air? Sorry. You are because I say bad words all the time. I love it. I make sure to make time for my podcasts. I love, love to, I, I feel like knowledge is power. And so I'm constantly wanting to learn and grow. And I've got a slew of podcasts that I love. And so if I don't take time to listen to my podcast. I don't feel like I've done something for myself on a daily basis. I just don't. And you know, I try and go see my parents every single day. It might be a 15 minute visit, but it really fills my bucket. It sounds like it's something I'm doing for them, but it's not. It's something I do for myself. It fills my bucket. It makes me feel good to just go see them, to give them a hug, makes me feel good. And so I try and do it every single day because it really, really fills my bucket. And then maybe not on an everyday basis, but my husband and I really try and make a point to either one day a morning after dropping all the kids off, we'll try and come back home and go for a nice walk together and get coffee and start the day off in a different way. So we're not on that hamster wheel where every day isn't the same, kind of mixing it up. Or we'll try and make a lunch date and um, pretend we're out of town and get all dressed up and go have a boozy lunch. We do it like once a month and, and it feels That's amazing. Like, yes. Feels good. Yeah. I think we got to do those things. And also you're right. Like the monotony of just the day to day, like I've really gone into the space of like, I need spaciousness and ease. Like I just need space. And whatever, if that means like, you know, a lunch or just sitting outside for an hour in the middle of the day, like I really need that in order to do all the things I do. Yes. And I think when you do those things, you really, you kind of tell your mind, like, it's okay. Like it's cool to have pleasure it's cool to have spaciousness. You're really retraining your mind that you don't have to work hard. Everything doesn't have to be hard. Like everybody's obsessed with, you know, work hard, hard work, hard, hard, hard. I don't think things have to be hard. No. I think you can work in a flow and you can work easy. And I think you can still make money and do all the things. I think people have gotten too caught up in this like busyness, right? This busyness seems like it's hard work. No, it's just busyness. And it really just drains us and depletes us. And it is not actually productive because what ends up happening is you burn yourself out. Well, I think the biggest lesson during COVID for me personally was coming out and saying, busy people aren't happy people. No. I really learned at that point that I was like, wait a minute, I don't need to be running around like doing a million things. That's not what serves me. And being busy doesn't mean that I'm important, right? Because as women, sometimes we feel like, okay, let's get all these tasks done. We'll do all this checklist, check, 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 check. And then you're like, wait a minute, what the heck am I doing? Did I really need to be running around doing all of those things? And COVID was a time of reevaluating and resetting and really becoming a lot more mindful and intentional about what we do and how we spend our day every day. And that it's okay to have lunch with friends. That doesn't mean that you're a woman that lunches. It means that you're a part of a community and you want to regroup. And it's more important to go do that than go return a bunch of items, you know? Right. And I think that's a really good point because you know what, giving that yourself that time for community, because when women come together, you know, especially women that you love and that you can really trust when right. you share with another woman, like, Oh, this is going on with me, or, you know, I'm not really sure where I am right now, or just, you know, you can just kind of like connect and regroup and you feel like you're not so isolated and alone, which is something obviously we all were feeling during the pandemic, but you and I, with our podcasts, and our, <laughs> our shows, we were like, I'm still connecting here. I am during the pandemic. Right. 
But yeah. for most people, we weren't. So now we've learned that that connection, we need that. Like that's not, that's a non-negotiable. We need connection as women more than anything. We are nothing without our tribe. We're nothing without our community. And really at the end of the day, why are we on this earth? We're here because of relationships. It's the relationships that stay with us and that build us and make us who we are. Not a, It's not about the work we do. It's not about the money we make. It's about relationships. Absolutely. And I think COVID really, for me, cemented that all in. It was a time to just sit and pause and reflect and have time to sit, right? Because we weren't forced to run around. We had nowhere to go. Yeah, which I know can be scary too, right? When you finally are like in the quiet and you're just with yourself and you're like, now what? Now what's happening, you know? But it really is, it, you know, that kind of reflection, that deeper knowing and getting in touch with yourself and figuring out like, kind of taking a, a, a pulse of where you are. And also, you know what, you need that because just like a little cell phone, you know, it's funny, like you, if you think, look at your cell phone, right? And the battery has gone down to 3%, you're like, not like stupid phone. I mean, you just plug it in, right? Like, but when we're depleted and we have nothing left, we're so mean to ourselves. It's almost like we need to say, no, 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 my battery's just down right now. So I'm just going to plug myself back in. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to read. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go see my parents. I'm, whatever is the thing, right? That recharges you rather than being judgmental of that. Just yes. knowing that just like a phone battery, like you're not, you, you know, you're going to plug yourself back in so that you can get your battery life back up to where it needs to be. Thousand percent. Yes. We, we need to, as women, be kinder to ourselves. Thousand percent. We're so kind to everyone on the outside. Right. And then we forget about just let's be kind to yourself. Yeah. Break up with the inner mean girl. We talked about that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, how can people connect with you, see what you're doing, get involved with you? Tell me all the things. Oh my gosh. Instagram is always the best way. LA mom magazine on Instagram. I do my show now on there. Moms matter because the studio is no longer existent. So everything really on Instagram. And then if you go to my website, lamommagazine.com, we have great articles. You can subscribe. Everything is free. And um, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from all of you amazing women about what you want to hear about and what type of experts I can bring to you. Because really, I created LA Mom Magazine to be a service to all you incredible mamas out there. So I'd love to hear from anyone who wants to write for me, collaborate, you know, tell us what you want to hear about. And, and we're open to it's it's a service. So I'd love to hear from everybody. I got some good people to connect you with. And also, I think you need to interview uh, the director of the Muse School, if you haven't already, because they're just doing education in such an out of the box way. And that's where my son's going now. And I am beyond impressed with the way they handle passion-based and project-based learning for these kids. It's really inspiring. So that's someone okay. I would suggest for you, Shereen. All right. I will. I look that up. Thank you. I will, I will give you that connection. Okay. We're on to the speed round, which is the best part of the entire show. And you don't even know what's coming because I haven't even given you a script. So this is going to be a real speed round. Okay. okay. What does it mean to you to be a warrior woman? Oh, warrior woman. It means to be kind and compassionate and to be strong and inclusive. That really is what a warrior woman is. You are a hundred percent correct. That is like the perfect recipe for a warrior woman. I love that, Shereen. What is a mantra or quote that you live by? Oh my God, choose kindness, be respectful. You'll hear that all the time in our house. Those are the two things we say all the time. Just choose kindness and be respectful. And if the whole world did that, I think we would really live in a much better place. 
So true. What makes you feel unstoppable? Oh, my family. Support from my family makes me feel unstoppable. Their support and their love and encouragement. Like all those times that I'm like, I'm throwing the towel in. I'm done with LA mom. This is too much work. Not making enough money. I should just change gears. And they're like, no, mom, you've got this. You're amazing. Stick with it. And my husband's like, what are you talking about? You just keep going. And so, yeah, I feel unstoppable because I have so much love and support from my family. That's amazing. And I love that you bring your kids into that conversation because I only in the last couple of years have been telling my kids like, oh, I'm doing this or I, you know, I'm coaching them about this. And it's funny. They really love it. They want to talk about your work and like, what are you doing? And they're really interested. It's funny. You don't realize how much that would mean to them to share that part of yourself, but you obviously do because there's like behind you 100%, which is- Well, it's great. They feel so proud. There's such a sense of pride to say, oh my God, look at my mommy. She's got a like little show and she's got a magazine and look at all she's doing. And it's like how we're proud of them when they're accomplishing things. They feel the same way about us. And it's so nice. They really do. Well, speaking of pride, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of my family every aspect of it. I'm most proud of my relationship with my husband and what we've created the past 21 years. I'm actually crying right now. Tell me why that makes you emotional. You're so sweet. You're making me cry, Shereen. Tell me why that makes you emotional. You know what? Because you have one life and I just got so lucky. I got so lucky that I found my soulmate when I was really young and that he's so supportive and loving and allows me to be me. Doesn't try and change who I am. Loves me for the good and the bad and allows me to raise our family really in the way that I think is fit and support me in everything that I do. And we have a hell of a lot of fun together. We go to music conferences, we travel the world, we do it all together. So I really feel like if I'm most proud of anything, it's my relationship with my husband, my four daughters. They're just, you know, any, I tell them all the time, I said, you know, coming home with straight A's and all that, that's great. I'm really proud of you. But when people come home and tell me, oh my God, your daughter is so kind. She's so such a good human being. There is not a bigger compliment that you could give me. And so, you know, doing LA mom and moms matter and all the philanthropy and friendships and all that fills my bucket greatly, but there is nothing that I'm more proud of than my family. Well, you've done an amazing job with these kids. What's exciting you the most right now? Ah, you know, I gotta be honest. I'm really not that excited about any specific (laughs) project. Okay. But what about, is there anything in the future? Something you're planning, something? I mean, no, I'm most excited about two things, actually. I'm most excited that COVID is done in my mind and that we can finally travel. And my favorite place in the world is Israel. And so we are going to get on that flight and we are going to go to Israel this summer. And I'm very excited to go back home. I, I call Israel my home. Makes me, I, every time I land, I kiss the ground. So I'm most, most excited about that. And I'm actually really, really excited about all of these incredible women that I've been interviewing because the more I learn, I mean, I interviewed an 85 year old woman on International Women's Day who told me about how she was on the floor of the UN when they were pushing to get International Women's Day in and how she got kickback from people who were trying to undermine, you know, the power of women. And I just said to her, you are just this thing, 85 years old. I hope I still have my scruples in here at 85. 
Yeah. She should teach the history of International Women's Day. I'm like, you are just, and she's just, I, so I am just so, so excited about all these women and all the women that are coming. I mean, every time I talk to another woman, it, it's just, it's exciting. It really is exciting. I, mean, I love that because you and I share that, right? Like we get to talk to these incredible women who are doing incredible things or have like incredible points of view and it's so life affirming. And I feel like I'm always learning because I always have somebody on and they say something. And I'm like, well, that's a great idea. Like all the things you said today, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about all these things, you know? So I think it's so fun for us that we get to always be learning and growing and connecting with other women. It really makes a really passionate life. It really does. It really does. And it just makes you realize the power of women. And when you collaborate and you work together there, we talk about being unstoppable. The power of women working together is makes you unstoppable. 100%. Thank you so much, Shereen, for coming on today and play. You, you're really like, what I love about you, Shereen, is like, you are just always ready to play. Like, you're like, I don't even need that script. Liz, I love you. Let's do this. Like, you're just so you're just yummy. Like you just like want to come in and like be yourself. And you're just so like, I don't know. I just love you. I just think you're so like fascinating. And I love that you have a platform where you, you know, show people how great they are basically like, let me, you're an expert in your field. I'm going to talk to you. I want to have you on, but then you're also providing all this great information to us where we're like, if we're lost and we don't know what the hell we're doing, you get somebody on who talks about the sandwich generation or talks about, out of the box parenting or whatever the hell we're going through. And then we're like, okay, fine. Like we finally get to like have somebody that talks about the things we need to talk about. So bravo to you. Well, bravo to you, Liz, and everything you're doing. You're such a service for women. You just really bring us all together. You have such an incredible energy. Every time I talk to you, I feel lighter. You know, it's like you always say like, hang out with people, create a community of people who make you feel good. And you are one of those women who just lifts people. And I think that's what we both do on our platforms. That's the whole point of this, right, is to try and lift women together because we're working together. We're not here. There's no jealousy. We're not working against each other. We want to work together to lift one another. I mean, that's the whole point of all of this, isn't it? Otherwise, why would we take an hour to have a podcast and chat together if we're not going to help empower and lift our tribe up? Well said. Well said. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I love this. And we'll, maybe we'll do it again. We'll think of other things we want to talk about because there's just no end to what uh, we're <laughs> Thank you so much, Liz. I loved coming on. I'm so glad. It only took us two years to make it happen, but we made it happen. No. And now I want to see you in person. Yes. It's okay. cocktail hour. I think we're ready for cocktail hour. We're ready. We've graduated. We're ready for cocktails now. Okay. Thank you everyone for joining me. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye, everyone.